Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of my live podcast, Dan Fonts Talks Metal. I have Albert from Decibel Magazine with me today. Uh, Albert, I'm really stoked to have you here. Uh, it's been awesome to see the magazine grow throughout the years and continue and still putting out issues, print, not digital, you know, not stop putting out print magazines, um, physical magazines. So it's fucking awesome. But so how how have you been through? Uh, I've been well, man. Yeah, I've been well. Yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, first Staying, of all, and yeah, my first uh, appearance on the Twitch. Yes, uh, this is it. Very very yeah. exciting. Yeah, Twitch, <laughs> Twitch Jerry is getting popped right yeah. now. <laughs> it um, is. But yeah, man, no, we've been obviously uh, very busy. Uh, yeah. for seventeen consecutive years. It's um, fucking wild, but, man. Uh, but yeah, we just uh, released our 200th issue yes. um, just last week, um, featuring that... At the Gates on the cover, and we're gearing up for our 200th issue live stream. Oh, okay. Well, live. Our 200th issue, Extremely <laughs> Extreme. Um, I like that name. Which will be <laughs> Friday, April 30th. And we'll oh, have yeah, like, that's uh, right. I forgot it, about yeah, this, dude. It's been a rule. It's like it's brand new live performances from uh, Midnight and Chemist and Full of Hell. And yeah. Horrendous and Wake and lots of other rad stuff we crammed in there when nobody was looking. So, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, here it is. That's right. It's when is it? This Friday? It's loading still. Next Friday. Next yeah, Friday. Next Friday, April oh, yeah, 30th. Go. Uh, at 8 p.m. Eastern, Eastern. Time, 5 p.m. West Coast, and it will be free, free, on YouTube. free on the YouTube, on the YouTube. Yeah, you, you get all those sets. You wow, get our shit mixed in with it. And <laughs> all free. This is fucking rad. Here, yeah. I'm gonna post a link in the chat for everyone. If you guys want the info on the stream that they're doing next Friday, there you go. I mean, yeah. <laughs> Someone said, "Can you make the price lower?" <laughs> you can pay us to. We'll I pay mean, you to watch. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's fucking rad. That's a sick lineup, dude. Midnight Chemist, Full of Hell, Horrendous Wake, and then a bunch of special guest appearances that you yes. will not announce, right? No, they're just gonna pop up during the stream. I like that. Yep. Nice yep. little surprise for everybody. You know, so you can get through um, all those blocks of commercials. Yes. Help you stick around. <laughs> so I guess during this whole, um, we'll definitely, I want to talk more about the uh, 200 issue, which we're definitely going to get to. Yep. But uh, I guess through all this pandemic crap, has that affected you guys at all? <clears throat> or it's I mean, kind of everything's been the same <laughs> in a sense. From the outside, it probably looks like we haven't been affected, but um Honestly, we, we have, when live event, events went away, that yeah. was, you know, that was a portion of our business. We obviously had to cancel mm -hmm. a tour and, and two festivals. Um, but truth be told, we have so many other things that we do, whether it's um, the books that we publish, um, which we've been doing since 2015. Yep. Um, and that was something that really kind of stepped in and we took... Um, we added a we added a book to the schedule that wasn't on the schedule um, oh, really? initially when the pandemic started. So, you know, basically we would, we would crank out one a year and we did two last year, um, and that definitely that eats up a lot of time and a lot of uh, a lot of manpower for us. Um, but honestly, for us, we um, 
we were able to kind of weather that storm with things like that. And the fact that, and I think this has probably been true of, of a lot of uh, businesses, especially those that deal with mail order. We had a, we had a oh, pretty yeah. significant increase in, in subscriptions and book sales and oh, that's good. Um, the limited edition vinyl um, exclusives that, that we get and work with labels and bands on. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and I think, a lot of that had to do i think it had to do with two things in particular one that there just weren't a lot of other entertainment options for people can't go yeah. to a show so uh you know can't go to a bar and spend money it's like well i can, <laughs> I can get this stuff yeah. and i think i think it was also just people maybe changing the way that they thought about supporting artists i think people started maybe buying more physical product than they yeah. had planned on in the past because they knew they so could too. go. Yeah, they, they couldn't go to a show and support a band. They couldn't go and show and buy merch there. So they were just like, Definitely. you know what? Uh, I'm going to start collecting vinyl because I'm home. It helps the bands, and like I can, I'm not going to be like on the train to work. So fuck it. I'll yeah. just check this out in this format. Start this up. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so I think that I think we you know we benefited from that. Um, but yeah, overall, I mean, we're good. Which is uh, I'm, that's great very happy to say because like when it first when everything first went down obviously nobody knew knew what was, was going to happen so or the extent uh, of it yeah how long so, <laughs> yeah i mean that question still lingers in some regards but <laughs> yeah it um, does. but uh but yeah no it was uh we we uh we are good we're happy to say we are that's very great good. man i know because it's it's been a long i mean I, I was always wondering that like how are these companies like even like magazine companies going to get through all this so I even like noticed that like Kering's like U.S. office like they closed it. Yeah, right. They closed. I mean, there's, I there's like, wow. different models for different magazines True. too. I mean, Kering. they were Kering's most based overseas Europe. Yeah, they are, and they are weekly, and they had so for them newsstand was really really important also. So oh, okay, when yeah. all the newsstands closed, they didn't have that anywhere. Hurt. Yeah, that hurt there, and then the fact that so much of their ad revenue came from live shows and touring. Like mm-hmm. if you flip through a copy of print copy of Kerrang, like half of the ads are for shows. Shows, because yeah. Like they, you know, Kerrang can reach all of Europe. So in addition to England, I mean, they can like, you know, they'll, they'll get advertising for shows happening in like, you know, mainland Europe. Yeah. So uh, when the shows went away and when they're, um, when the bookstores closed, like they just, I don't think they really had an alternative. There was nothing viable for them. Yeah. I don't know if they're printing again. I'm guessing they are, but and yeah, I, don't I haven't know checked actually. No, it's definitely, I was like sad about that. I was like, damn, dude. I hope they still do like those like Kerrang like live shows that they did. Like Rivers of Nile did it. They filmed it in like New York City and stuff. Like the Kerrang. Oh, TV. yeah. They would do stuff at Vitus. Regularly. Yeah. I thought that was yeah. like rad. I was like, damn, that's cool. Hopefully they still do that in the future. I think there'll be opportunities. <clears throat> that stuff definitely. yeah definitely with shows coming back and i think it's gonna hopefully shows will do well <laughs> i'm hoping well, you, i think so the, i'm like you're the man early on that <laughs> signaled the alarm long before some other people so we will, we will defer to your crystal ball yeah when... i guess so <laughs> i mean earlier this year i was like man i don't know if shit's gonna happen this year then like march came around or end of february i was like i think we'll be all right and then the vaccines start rolling out and i was like all right, everyone's like really getting this vaccine. You know, it's like my friends are like, I got my first shot like a couple weeks ago. 
And cool. I was like, okay. So I think we'll be all right. Hopefully. I definitely I mean, want, I want to go to fucking <laughs> your tour and the fest. Yeah, me too. <laughs> Again. Me too. I, I, the I've fest been working was on a ton of fun. I've been working on that festival for almost three years. I'm ready to see it. I know. <laughs> you hit me up like, hey, man, this is the new date. Can uh, they still do this? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Let me check my calendar. Oh, yeah. it's pretty open. It's pretty fucking open. Yeah. <laughs> They're down. <laughs> but anyway, so let's get into like uh, some history on Decibel. Um, okay. When did Decibel start exactly and whose idea was it? Was it? Uh, Decibel started in the summer of 2004, and um, it was my idea originally. Uh, I have worked okay. for uh, this publishing company called Red Flag Media for 25 years now. Wow. And um, our prior to Decibel, our the business model for the publisher was basically making these uh, independent, these free independent general audience music magazines that were distributed at indie record chains throughout the US. Okay. So if you remember some if you remember like the remember Tower Records had Pulse magazine. Yeah, yeah, that rings a bell. So we did we didn't do Pulse but we did like the kind of indie version of that for like the the regional mid-sized chains that would be all that used to be all sprinkled throughout the US 25 years ago. Oh, okay. You know. Yeah. Those those kinds of chains that no longer exist. Yeah. You either, you know what I mean? So so that was our old business model. Um, and then I had always wanted to do an extreme metal magazine mm -hmm. and our publisher understood that the kind of the old model of those, those, uh, in-store music magazines was in trouble because of the fact that those record stores were in trouble. Yeah. So he was receptive to doing a, um, a newsstand publication. Mm -hmm. And since I had the idea and he was thought like, we need to start moving in this direction and see if it works. So I got the green light in summer of um, 2004, 2004. And then okay. our first issue was our October 2004 issue, which was out in September of 2004. Wow. Who was on the cover of that one? The Dillinger Escape Plan. Nice. Just as Miss Machine was coming out. Right. It's uh, prime for them too. Yeah. I What I remember about issue one is Miss Machine cover story. And the lead review in that issue was Converge, You Fail Me. So, wow. Yeah, that's how long ago that was. Is that one still, do you guys still print those old ones at all or no? No, we, we've sold out of most of the old ones, but we, we never got rid of our back issues. And we're like a lot of, unlike most magazines that have been around as long as we have, we have never changed publishers. We've never been sold. It's yeah. Just been, we've been the same. Um, infrastructure the whole time so we have all of our shit you know we That's have right. like we saved all the all the back back issues that we had and obviously most of the early ones are sold out but out of the 200 issues i'd say you could probably get i don't know maybe 140 of them from the oh, wow. site if you're interested in getting some golden oldies they're up there yeah why not so. that's fucking awesome i gotta go back and look at those yeah. do you think you would ever reprint the first issue have you done that before no, we've never, uh, we never, we only reprinted an issue once when, okay. um, when the issues that we get to sell individually to customers as back issues and that we need for promo, 
right. when they were stolen from the front door of our office when they were dropped off <laughs> wow. by the printer once. So we only had to reprint once. Um, but no, <laughs> we only do with the magazines. It's no reprints. It's one big run and have at it. And that's um, it. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. So whoever has that co- those copies of the first magazine, that's yeah. what, whatever. Whatever recycling facility has those. <laughs> <laughs> do you have a copy of it? Yeah, yeah. You do. Okay, yeah. I do. I, I'm, I'm sure I man- you. I, I've managed to archive a copy of every, everyone and every flexi and everything. So. Wow. That's so awesome. my kids will have so much shit to throw away when I die. They're going to be very busy. I hope they don't throw it fucking away. <laughs> Keep passing it down. <laughs> when did you guys start doing like the flexi discs? The flexi discs are a little over 10 years old. This is the 10th anniversary. Oh, okay. Of the series. Uh, we That's started cool. it. Yeah. The first one was issue 75, which would have been January 2011, which would have been out around December 2010. Okay. And um, it was, it was a brutal truth uh, with two songs, one of which was a, uh, a re-recording of their classic walking corpse and i don't remember what the other one was it's been a while yeah but you know it was really it, it was an idea of something we wanted to do that i wanted to do for a long long time yeah for years um and um uh it was yeah i think the, the first idea or it, gen- it just stated in like 2007 when we put pig destroyer on the cover for the first time yeah and uh scott hole from pig destroyer was like you know it would be cool if we could do like a a pig destroyer flexi disc with the issue you know he's like i have an extra song we could do this and, yeah you know and i was like yeah well let me let me look into seeing if anybody's printing them and no one no one was printing them and it wasn't until 2010 sure. that um a company called pirates press who does a lot of yep. vinyl based in the bay area yep Great um company. they got a they got a, a a pressing machine and could handle the volume because you know, it wasn't like we needed a few hundred flexes. We needed thousands and thousands of them. Yeah. So um, we got hooked up with them. And I honestly didn't know if the series would take off or if it would be like a one-off thing or if we did it every couple months or what. But yeah. it, I just kind of stuck with it and it got momentum with subscribers. And then it also got momentum with the the bands in the scene and people in the industry just kind of seeing it as this this fun marketing piece for them and their artists and bands just being stoked to have like this weird piece of vinyl that got out there with sometimes yeah. with tracks that they didn't necessarily know what to do with otherwise. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's had a long, interesting life and a, a crazy discography because we've done Dude, how, yeah, over 120 of them. That's fucking nuts. And a lot of the times it's, is it songs that they didn't put on their record or they wrote specifically for the flexing? It's about 50, like a 50. mix. Yeah, it's a mix. Yeah. It's like when we when we were starting out, it was um it was really it was like, okay, well, whatever you got, whatever you got lying <laughs> yeah, on. Give it to us. I, I do remember that the first band that recorded something specifically for the series was Napalm Death. And that for me was just that's I mean, cool, they're man. my that's favorite cool. band of all time. So like yeah, for, for them, them to do that. It, yeah, it was that's really like cool, man. super exciting. Um I think that was like the fifth one we ever did um, oh wow yeah early now, on too that's it but now yeah it's really like it really varies like people come at us really early saying we want to do a song or uh sometimes you get the uh 
I've had a, I've got this song. Yeah. Doesn't record, you know, like it really, it, it varies. Um, and then there's, there's some that have just like been in the works for years. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, you know, it's not yeah. unlike, um, it, I, I think it, it's, it's really kind of a unique little piece in that regard. Yeah, no, it definitely is. Do you, are you the one that like finds the bands for them? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, you, I'm you a, always have them in the mind. Curator of the, of the black people. <laughs> do you ever have bands come to you like, "Hey, man, can we do one? <laughs> can we be on all the one? time? All the all time." time. <laughs> <laughs> have you ever like picked a band like that before? Like, if a, one of those bands came to you, you're like, "Oh, you are a good idea for this," or like, "I really do like your band." Yeah, I'm. I mean, I'm pretty open. Yeah, with it, and I, I really as the series has gone on, you know, again, over a decade. So it's got, it's got a legacy to it and it's got, it's, it's stable. Like I can do things where you can take a band that's pretty unknown and release them through the flexi series. And I think it works in terms of the overall picture of it. If you're really into the band and really passionate about them and think they could grow into something. Yeah. Um, Just as you know, you could have like, I mean, converge is the flexi in, issue 200 so it's like, i know which is clearly there's one of my favorites like, right there right so there's yeah. room for like some of the biggest most established acts of the genre as well as like um <clears throat> some of the smaller ones like i mean just just even two months ago we did um one with this dutch doom band called celestial season who oh i saw that i like they were around in the mid 90s and i absolutely love them and yeah they, uh, they reunite. They were gone for like twenty some years. At least they weren't playing that style for a long time, and they reunited. Oh, wow. And uh, we were just talking to them, and like, I, I think it was one of our writers, Chris Dick, maybe that proposed the idea to them, and they were into it. And I was like, Yeah, fuck it, let's do it. Like, yeah, you know, why not? you've got like, you've got to be able to like, I think, take chances with either whether it's the flexi series or the cover or the Hall of Fame or whatever it is that you're doing that are these important parts of what makes up the magazine you really want to be able to not just have it be formulaic yeah know? exactly no it's it's cool that you've done that i always thought that was a cool idea with the flexi disc and that that to me is like why wouldn't you order the magazine well you know we uh it's we like, actually had to change it over the years because it really? was originally it was when we started the series it was every copy like every subscriber copy got one yeah and then it was like as we were doing it we were just like oh my god it is so fucking expensive to make all these and fill a lot yeah and and you would also get like subscribers who were just like i don't know what the fuck to do with these things i don't right well why are you why are you sending me this so like i can't play it (laughs) yeah this going to cd player um do I cut the, do I have to cut it into a circle for it to work? Like, yeah. How do you do this? So, so then it became clear that like, we're, we're kind of wasting resources doing it that way. So what we did was we just created two types of subscriptions, one with and one without. Oh, okay, and yeah. if you, you know, we basically reduced the price on the one without, without and then raise the price a bit for the one with, mm-hmm. and you know, people understood it and we're totally down with it. And yeah. It, to have that option. Yeah. And it's really like kind of a split 50 50 between people who subscribe with it and people who subscribe oh, really? with it. Yeah. So you kind of know, yeah. Then after that, you kind of figure out like how many to order. Yeah. Right. You get a print. I mean, you, you start looking at you, you know, when your magazine subscriptions, they ebb and flow, but like, yeah. 
like you can look at it over a year's time and kind of just see like the trajectory kind of moves like this a little bit at a time. Yeah. Absolutely. So you're able to kind of bump it up just a, like very rarely. Yeah. So you pretty much know how many to order and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Not over order. <laughs> yeah. And you got to be way ahead because the lead time. Production oh, dude. Yeah. Forever. Especially right now. It's like, f- well, we're, we're a little fortunate with flexies because the, um, the pirates press, they moved that machine that makes the flexies that they it's now in Europe where it's, where they have it. What? So yeah. So the flexies get printed at this facility in Europe and then shipped back to us. Wow. Yeah. So they're not getting, you know, it isn't the, it isn't the big bottleneck that's happening now with uh us. Yeah. So they're, yeah, they're not even experiencing that over there at all. Mm-hmm. No. So you got lucky with that. <laughs> Yeah, it was I like bands that I work with are like, yeah, we're we got to push the release back because we're not going to have the vinyl for like 6 months. I was like, damn. That's like Yeah, first now. it was like, oh, we can't uh we can't put out the record because we can't tour. Okay, I think we can tour. Yeah. Oh, we can't put out the record. We don't have we can't have yeah, vinyl. We want a vinyl. <laughs> the vinyl wouldn't come till 3 months after. It's like we can't yeah, do that. It's like fuck. rough situation. It is a very rough situation. So what got, let's, let's go back a little in time too. like, what got you into metal music as a kid? What uh, you, what, who introduced you to it? <laughs> man, who introduced me? Well, I mean, MTV partially introduced me to it when I was really young. Um, like seeing like, oh, yeah. you know, Def Leppard photograph and um, like kind of st- starting with some of that stuff in like the mid eighties. Um, and then from there, it was just, friends in elementary school um i do remember a friend of mine when i was in like sixth grade Mm -hmm. made like he was like way like he was like straight metal like yeah like oh in sixth grade too yeah in sixth he yeah i I went to i went to a catholic school okay he was the the new kid coming into sixth grade Uh and walked in like first day he had on a uh, a jean jacket with a Iron Maiden "Stranger in a Strange Land" full back patch, and he just Jesus. you know, and he would he'd stand in front of me like during morning announcements or morning prayer or whatever, and I just like fucking stare at that thing and be like, "This is awesome! I don't know what this is." I don't know. Yeah, it looks fucking cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But he also, you know, he ended up making me like uh, comping me or 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 recording a um he recorded somewhere in time for me a number of the beast and then would like made me a mixtape that had stuff like sod and uh wow. king diamond and metallic metallica master of puppets was on that was the first time i heard that wow so that's sixth grade so that's crazy in sixth grade yeah so like my, let's see here third, third. so i'm probably like 12 ish then I don't know. Twelve, yeah. What sixth grade? Yeah. How old were you in sixth grade? Uh, That's what I'm trying to figure out. Eleven, twelve. Yeah. So somewhere around. Somewhere there. around there. Yeah. That's the kind of like what, um, kind of got me on the path, um, and then you know from there it was a lot of, um, a mix of things like that and more mainstream stuff like, you know, aforementioned Def Leppard and ACDC and things like that and Metallica. Yeah, uh, it just escalated from there. Yeah, but th- then as I think it was um, then by the early 90s, like 1990, 1991, that's when it changed to extreme metal. Um, when yeah. some 
you know, some friends introduced me to like records like Beneath the Remains. And mm-hmm. um, I remember hearing Symphonies of Sickness for the first time, being terrified of it. Not getting it at all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, being like, what the fuck am I listening to? <laughs> yeah. But the one that, that kind of changed it for me, where I just, it just clicked for me was Obituary Cause of Death, which wow. I guess I heard in like 90 or 91, somewhere yeah. by like 15 or 16. And once that clicked with me, it was just over. It was, yeah. <laughs> the floodgates opened. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. that's rad that that kid opened everything for you yeah it is a, i still talk to him so. do you really yeah, yeah. that's he's, so he's, cool in, man. Fact, in fact he's in a he's an occasional contributor to decibel so really uh, yeah that's pretty so wild. sick yeah dude even like that early on i don't know if i know anyone i don't know i probably yeah. do i just never asked the question i mean for me i started <laughs> getting into metal and like was it like i mean i started listening to like acdc and shit probably yeah, it was probably like sixth grade, like, but mm-hmm. that was like you know ACDC, Sabbath, you know Def Leppard, Led Zeppelin, blah blah blah. Just my parents, but didn't get into like metal, I guess until like ninth grade, mm-hmm. around there. That makes sense. And that, I think yeah. that that's, that's the timeline for most yeah. for a lot of people. But I didn't get into like death metal. It was like the new metal phase first. <laughs> so right. like the Slipknot, you know, Corn and stuff, and I was like, whoa, this is extreme. And then I find out about like, you know, Cannibal Corpse and stuff. And I'm like, holy shit, <laughs> there's more. It's, it's funny being a, a little older and, and missing out completely on new metal. Yeah. Uh, because, you know, when that stuff hit, I was already like, oh man, my 20s, you know? Yeah. So for me, I was just like, what's happening? What is, what, like, what's, what is, I was like, this? okay, yeah, no, it's not for me. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and it, it continues. It continues to be not for me. Yeah, I don't. I don't begrudge people who it's for, but I also feel like there's uh, some revisionist history going on with it. Yeah, uh, you know, like if you like it, that's fine. You can like it, but I don't think I <laughs> need to pretend it's good. <laughs> <laughs> I like a lot of terrible things too, but I don't think you need to. Uh, Go that to try to try to you know move some stuff around and be like, hey, sure no, I see the artistic merits here. You sure you don't? I mean, Mudvayne's back together. You don't want them on the cover. I'm, <laughs> that would throw everyone off. That would be a perfect <laughs> April Fool's joke if that got announced before April. <laughs> April Fools. <laughs> I think that. I mean, it'd be kind of our new metal issue. I'm sure would be very interesting. I think it would. You know, I mean, I, mean, I, I can. Be. I can say there are some, there are a couple of new metal records I like. There are some um, that are like, I, like I like System of Down Toxicity. It's good, right? Um, yeah. Very I different. Like, I like different. a couple Deftone songs on the record that everybody likes from them. I think it's White Pony. Ones at the end. Yes. Right. It's um, a good record. And there's like, there's definitely a Slipknot song that's catchy. Yeah, I mean, even like the older Slipknot, like some of the shit's kind of like, whoa. It's not like really new metal. It's kind of, I don't know what it is, <laughs> but, but it's kind of like, kind of gnarly. Sh- like even like their early shit. Like I'm talking off like self-titled. Right. Mike Gitter is here actually. Oh, is it? He's oh. a cover, cover story on Primer 55. <laughs> Primer 55. I did not oh expect God. you to say that band. <laughs> That's pretty good. Ask him, uh, ask him if, if Monty Connor has any, um, uh, God, what the fuck? There's, there were so many man. bad, there were so many bad Roadrunner circa like 2001 ish bands that I can't even think of. 
Dude, there's like, a lot. Spine Shank. There's Spine one. Shank. Actually, yeah. like them, but that's just me. <laughs> Dude, I loved it. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's funny because I remember meeting Johnny the singer. I worked for that label, Media Scare Records, back in like '09. You know, oh, before, I remember that label. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Before I knew it was like a shit show, but uh, I, I found <laughs> out it was a shit show during working for it. Anyway, <laughs> that's usually how it goes. Yeah, we don't got to get into that. Uh, but I met Johnny because he started a new band, Silent Civilian, which was pretty cool. And uh, I was like, when I was a kid, I liked Spine Shank. So when I met Johnny, I was like, wait, you're, oh shit, you're Johnny from Spine Shank? <laughs> I used to listen to your band a lot. He was actually a really nice guy. He's a cool dude. That's cool. He's a cool guy. Dislocated Styles, Mike Gitter said. Dislocated Styles. <laughs> Is that a band? <laughs> get her. Get her. Tell her to get off mine and go sign some more fucking Maggot Stop bands. <laughs> I actually got to call him back. He called me yesterday. <laughs> I told him in chat, I was like, I'll call you back after this. <laughs> we got to catch up. We always, it's funny. We, I love Getter. Uh, you know, we'll talk for like half an hour to an hour on a call, like a couple times a month. And always be like, so what band, are you find any new bands? <laughs> what do you like, got? Well, I got some for you. <laughs> Snooping. Yeah. I'm glad they signed Frozen Soul. Good band. Yeah. Great, great people. Band. Great people. They actually live here in Dallas. They're yeah. awesome. I mean, we did a we did a flexi with them. Oh, that's uh, right, you uh, did. Yeah, I'm definitely a big fan, dude. They they're the ones that caught like they they put out like great videos. They're always active. Like they're doing a lot. It's really cool to see that. They have a good vibe about them. They seem like self aware, but big, not yeah. like overly goofy and like exactly. You know, just good riffs. Oh just yeah, good riffs. Good oh, riffs, yeah. dude. Yeah, good riffs. Straight yeah. up. <laughs> so throughout the years what are like some uh i guess some changes or challenges you guys faced was it changes or challenges. The digital age <laughs> yeah yeah um geez well i i would say that obviously the pandemic was the most recent uh yeah. i think when there was the kind of the great recession in the u.s in like 2009 maybe yeah it was around um, then that kind of changed the playing field a bit where that like right around that time metal maniacs went up out of business mm -hmm. um the labels kind of got a little um more judicious with print advertising and yeah. um <clears throat> kind of had to kind of had to think like oh man is it possible that print magazines might just kind of slowly fade away is the right yeah. is the writing on the wall and we're ignoring it um but i think for us like we just kind of buckled down um and stuck with the 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 medium because i because i think mm -hmm. we knew that there were still people who wanted print magazines um and that it was a niche that we were good at and that people liked what we were doing so if we just kind of uh maintained try to maintain our, our integrity in what we were covering and not really shift into, you know, not pivot into these like kind of more website-y listicle kind of things or try to um, break out of the genre a little bit for yeah. bigger acts and go for more mainstream uh, shit. Yeah. Because like for us, I mean, and I, and I think we were, we were ultimately proven correct because those kind of bigger magazines with general audiences, they all kind of bit the dust. You know, I know, yeah. 
I know Spin or whatever exists as a digital magazine, but yeah, it's still digital. <laughs> um, exactly. You know, <laughs> you know, like it, it like so like we were we were never a magazine that was like we need a circulation of like half a million. Like for us, we kind of always knew that there was a sizable audience, but it wasn't like you know, you, you didn't need to have it at every set every 7 Eleven. So exactly you can read a, a Necrot cover story <laughs> that were coming in, you know, to get their cigarettes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I and so we managed to kind of weather that um in terms of like the 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 change in in maybe advertising from labels um going down a little bit with like adding other revenue streams as the years went on whether it mm-hmm. was um developing a good website in addition to the magazine the mm-hmm. decibel tour started like yeah we, we started working on the first decibel tour in like 2011 Damn, it's um, been that long. Shit. Yeah, the first the first one, 2012. So um oh. we were working on it, yeah, in 2011. Yeah. Uh, and so you know, that became um our first kind of legitimate foray into live events. And then Metal and Beer Fest <laughs> in Philly followed a few years later, and then the Los Angeles one followed after that. And somewhere yeah. in between there, Decibel Book started when mm-hmm. I um when we um, we acquired the rights to the original version of Choosing Death, which is a, a book I wrote yeah. on the history of the death metal, I gotta uh, pick that up because I didn't. Uh, obviously, everyone you know stuff slips through the cracks, and that's mm-hmm. like one thing that did. And I read about it this morning. I'm like, what the fuck? I got. I have to get a copy of this. Is it you still on Choosing Death? Huh? Yeah. Um, is there Brazilian, still something available? Yeah, Bazillion Points has it, and we have it. We okay. sell it on the website. Um, you sell it on your website. Okay. Sell it. Um, but there, the decibel books version of it is sold out, but there's a version that's come out after that, that, that you can get, Um, but that was like doing a revised version of that was what got decibel books off the ground. And, um, we've done like seven or eight books since then. And there's, there's, you know, there'll be another one coming out the end of this year, which is going to be, um, Without giving too much away, a, a biography yeah. on one of the biggest bands in all of death metal. We're really wow. excited that we've been working on it. It's going to be awesome. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's just been a lot of, you know, we've developed all these different things that are kind of part. They, 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 they you know, they grew out of the magazine. Um, yeah. And they wouldn't, ex- they wouldn't work or really exist without the magazine on their own. But together, it's all really strong you know um yeah and managed to i think diversify without i don't know just without doing gross stuff you know yeah. like yeah exactly like, like, like i i feel like it all like i just i just try to um to to ascribe to the the idea that if i think it's cool or if it's something that i'm excited about there's a good chance that our readership and our audience is going to react the same way yeah, um, because you know I'm a nerd, and <laughs> there are a lot of nerds. So oh yeah, I think I, think I speak the the, the language. Um, so I just kind of trust my my instincts with that, but try to do it in a kind of responsible way in in, in terms of uh, of business management. Yeah, no. So you guys definitely found a lot of ways to like make revenue to keep things going but also do do something outside of just the magazines like you know the fest mm. metal and beer fest which i think is fucking rad i went to the la one had a blast and then 
plus the tour as well. Yeah, yeah, the decibel tour is something. Doing, and the book. And it's like you got all these different things that this magazine does. It's a lot. Which is, it is a lot. <laughs> yeah. Because you're the guy, are, are you the guy behind? You're like the person, like behind the fest and the tour, right? Well, or, I, or I mean, I know tour, you, yeah. You the tour is Nick, Nick Storch, yes. uh, booking agent Nick Storch and I, yeah. we are, we're partners in the decibel tour. Makes and, sense. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we work together to you guys uh, bounce ideas up. off each other, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I I give him all the crazy ideas, and he says, "Don't do that, stupid." Uh, <laughs> and then we then he'll he'll route something. I'm like, "Oh yeah, that's cool." Um, uh, yeah. <laughs> but so so with that, it but it's it's a it's a really cool, fun, collaborative thing, and he and I are good friends, and yeah, uh, we kind of understand how the other works. Mm -hmm. uh and it's just been a really it's been a really fun relationship and something like i know that we're both proud of and we believe in and it's been a great way to um not only you know work with some of our favorite bands but to expose some of these newer bands on opening and, and yeah. second four slots and put them on the cover as a result and yeah um give them opportunities and watch them grow mm -hmm. uh, and then with metal and beer fest that that's all me in terms of the, in terms of booking those events and, um, and getting, getting the bands and the breweries and the room and yeah. lining it. So you're like there. the one reaching out to like the agents yes. and stuff be like, Hey, I want them for the fest. Like you yes. do with me. <laughs> exactly. You yeah, may yeah. recall. Yeah. yeah. Recall. <laughs> Some bands are always like, yo, can you ask Alfred? I'm like, listen, if they, if he wants your band, he's going to come to me. I mean, sometimes I'll hit you up and be like, "Hey, man, what about these guys?" I'm a, I, <laughs> I have I, to, you know. I gotta, uh, yeah, I'll ask. I'll bring it. I up. try to always be cool because I, I like he'd he, he like your yeah. band, you know. But I get it. Like, if I were to do a fest like that, it's like it's gonna be like I'm gonna like go through my list of ideas, you know. And then, like, if anyone wants to bring me some, like, I, I'm open to it, you know. Even comes with like my tour, you know, Devastation tour. It's like, yep, it's literally like my ideas plus my friend Bryce who works with me with it, and. Mm -hmm. uh you know, we just go through our ideas first. You know, I have people like will hit me up, agents and stuff, but most of it's like what we put together. You know, same with you, you and Nick. You know, I think is... that there's, I think there's, there's advantages in collaborative work, and there's advantages in having your own vision for something on its on its own. And yeah, and there's times where I I don't want either want to do either one of them. Um, <laughs> oh yeah, I feel you that. But, but there's also <laughs> um you know it, i think it helps you it helps you doing one helps you figure out how to do the other mm -hmm. and um it, yeah no I, I i i absolutely love it. It, it having not been able to do these has just been a bummer on so many levels yeah uh, I feel you but there. you know we have we have announced dates for metal and beer fest mm -hmm. in philadelphia in september 25 and 26 of this year and I mean, the lineup um, is killer yep. too. We're not counting any chickens before they're hatched, obviously, but yeah, you know, we're, we're hopeful. Um, I I think if you look at the trajectory of things, there's a good chance that we can pull this off. We can make this happen, right? Yeah, and then we'll have another one um, uh, at the end of the year in Los Angeles. Yeah. Uh, so and that that has not been announced yet. Um, that lineup is still coming together, but the yeah, the lineup for um for Fillmore Philly. For Philly. Is, is, yeah, I have is, it right here, which is, yeah. I mean, Converge doing Jane Doe, <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> fucking Napalm Death doing Harmony Corruption and Utopia Banished, P 
Pig Destroyer doing Prowler in the yard. I mean, that's fucking nuts. It's um, that's nuts. Yeah, I uh, I I agree. <laughs> I, I I I worry sometimes. Like, uh, you know, every time we kind of put a, a new lineup, um, someone says to me like, I don't know how we're gonna top this or oh yeah much. like i was what are we gonna do next year man later or at least you know in the back yeah. of my head at least I'm, i i often have something crazier i'm thinking about for the next uh, one right right but yeah, yeah. we'll see yeah it's like it's how i mean i was like nervous too with devastation because the dark funeral year did so well and i'm like what the fuck am i gonna do next year right and i got like rotting <laughs> christ and borknagar i'm like Okay. All right. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good, right? Wait, what am I going to do next year? <laughs> yeah. Who's going to do it? But, dude, I mean, Converge is one of my favorite bands. They're definitely top five, and uh, I'm going to try my best to come out to this. I, I believe I'll be able to, but to see them to do, see them do Jane Doe is yeah. going to be fucking wild. Even, you know, Napalm, Big Pig Destroyer 2. Was it your ideas for the, these bands to do those records? Like, yeah. did you go, to, you went to them with, like, hey, can you guys do, do this, this for us? Yes, yeah, that was me. <laughs> I want you on the fest, but uh, could you also do this? <laughs> well, I, I, I'm, I guess, you know, I'm, I'm fortunate that I've known a lot of these artists for a long time. Yeah. Uh, and we have, you know, we have good relationships. Like the Napalm guys are good friends. I've known them since before I started writing Choosing, De Choosing Death. Mm-hmm. You know, I started to meet the Pig Destroyer guys around that time, too, and we've we're just, you know, we're very friendly with each other. We like, we, we talk and communicate about things other than just, you know, work and metal and, and bands and things like that. So um, I, and I just, you know, I turn out to be pushy also. I just turn to be like, Hey, I got an idea. What do you, you know, I think this could be cool. Yeah. And fortunately most of the time um, they're into it. Um, like we've done some crazy shit. Like we've, uh, like the last year of Philly, which had been 2019, Obituary did all of Cause of Death and Enslaved flew in from Norway and did all of their Frost record. Mm -hmm. um, that would be wild. Yeah. In Los Angeles <laughs> in 2018, um, Trypticon came and played mm -hmm. an all Celtic Frost set. Um, the Testament did two classic albums. They did The Gathering and uh, um, the new order yeah you know like that's nuts that, they did that so, one uh, night or did they split it up testament did one one night they headlined the first night and then Trypticon doing frost was the second night gotcha so yeah you you start doing these things and these you these events that are kind of just like this essentially these one-time only things I, th I feel like it's a really great way to make these these warm fuzzy memories and you know, you try to live in the moment um, when you're seeing them, but, oh, and I have, yeah. I have like vivid memories of all those sets, yeah. uh, but it's like wild. Like, you know, it's as it's happening, you're just like, holy shit, look at that. And they're doing you know, it. Like, <laughs> like, especially the, obitu the obituary cause of that set, as I, as I yeah, said earlier, you. that's yeah. the record that, you know, changed like the course for me. Yeah. So yeah, yeah it's pretty wild. And, and um, I'm just really fortunate that I'm in a position that, we can execute it and that mm -hmm. that that the bands that we're reaching out to are willing to to participate yeah no it is really fucking cool that they're they're like all into doing that especially, it's fun especially like trypticon doing celtic frost 
So, yeah, that one was a long time. Yeah. By the way, I think I just spotted in back of you. Is that the uh, Dan Aykroyd vodka skull? I think it is. This card sent me it, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah, that's what it was, Aykroyd. right? Yeah, there you go. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> This car night sent it to me like last year. I was like, oh shit, what the fuck? Was it full when they sent it? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Surprising. <that's good>. Yeah. <laughs> Still sealed. I haven't opened it. I barely drink it. I do, but I, I don't drink like at home at all. But I was like, when I got it, I'm like, I want to try it, but I should, I should just, you know, when you're, when, when the first person walks through the, like, walks through the venue of the first, show that you've booked after this is all said and done oh man crack that shit open crack it oh yeah that's when you do it yeah. <laughs> i'll bring it with me but i'm open <laughs> i don't have to tell you <laughs> i brought this tour here <laughs> i should do that it'd be fucking hilarious okay. um so with the 200 200th issue mm -hmm. uh how congrats by the way it's fucking Thanks, awesome Appreciate uh, it. it's big um how do you decide on at the gates for the cover? Uh, I wanted it to be a band that, um, that we had a, a, a close relationship with that we were, that we were all big fans of and that we knew personally and were friends with just to have it be more of a, a familiar, a familiar mm -hmm. um, feel to it. And at the gates certainly checked all those boxes. Um, plus, um, you know, they, we, we knew we would kind of get the jump on their new record, which will be out in July. Yep. So for us, it was kind of like, oh, we could have the first story for this and like kind of really get people's attention with, um, um, with breaking that, just oh, yeah. you know, getting that, getting that album cycle stuff rolling. Um, but the way, you know, we kind of took that approach with the whole issue too, where like Carcass, who are also good friends of ours are, featured in the magazine um yeah. the hall of fame is lamb of god ashes of the wake which was a record that was featured in the very first issue of decibel oh okay uh, That's yeah cool. like the, there, uh, we, there was a lamb of god a lamb of god feature in issue number one yeah and it, was, it was on ashes of the wake which had just come out it was just wow. like it was brand new so we wanted to like tie stuff Some back stuff and in. yeah and, th and then we did some we did a lot of other things where we wanted to highlight um, a lot of the people that were part of the magazine that have worked oh, on it for okay. the years. Yeah, because so I'm sure you've went, there's been people that have come and go, right? Yeah, there's like been, anywhere. There's been turnover, yeah, like after 17 years. Um, but, you know, some of our old um, art directors and editors mm -hmm. and contributors, like we brought back a bunch of writers who were in issue wow. one who hadn't done anything for a while, with us for years. Yeah, yeah. So it was just so like, cool. we, we wanted to have like kind of like almost like a fun reunion and not necessarily i didn't feel like compelled to tell the history of the magazine or anything like that because we did that we did that uh, stuff when we did issue 100 yeah and, and you know and that was cool and it worked but it's kind of like it's kind of evolving and if you want to know about the history there's i've talked on so many fucking podcasts over the years you're about to hear it <laughs> you will point. find it <laughs> yeah you're about to find it. yeah so we wanted to do something something different and, yeah that makes sense and also just give more a shout out to some of the people that um who've contributed a ton of ton of great stuff to the magazine that maybe don't normally get their due yeah you want to highlight them yeah 
No, it's fucking awesome. And then plus Converge for the Flexi. Yeah, again, that's the, the whole idea. <laughs> like, here's a band that we're, we're pals with that we that we feel like aesthetically lines up with the core of um of what what, what the magazine's about. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it was very it was a conscious decision to go after them for for the 200th uh, issue you know, of the Flexi. Oh yeah, when I saw that, I'm like, this all makes sense. This is awesome. I can't. And wait it's crazy. It. It's uh it's a picture disc Flexi. That, oh. Uh, that okay. Jake Bannon he did original art for. So wow. it isn't just like the regular like kind of traditional flexi face with like the band logo and Low, stuff like yeah. that. There's, there's original art and like kind of etched or uh or foil stamped like gold. Dude, that's yeah. I can't it looks wait to get it. Yeah, that is bad. I have bad. some pieces of his art, one behind me. Oh, yeah. I see it. Yeah, I have another <laughs> one too. Over next to you can't see it. There's but, one that'll be arriving in the magazine that's about seven and a half inches by seven and a half inches. So. That's so cool. Fuck yeah, I can't wait to get it. And that one's a that's the June issue. So when would people when would you get it? Right. When, Some people have it now. It'll be like Oh really? Between now and the next two weeks. Rad. Yep. I can't wait. I actually I, when I saw that Lamb of God was on, I started listening to that record this morning. Brought me back. <laughs> it holds up, man. It, it does it, still it, hold up, man. Yeah. It's weird. It brings it, the it definitely brings me back to working on the first issue. Yeah, because uh, I remember we did a prototype for um, the magazine that <laughs> before <laughs> before Decibel was Decibel. We were actually working. We we're talking with the Fuse Network. Oh, which, I remember a few. Yeah. Yeah, I, uh -huh. I don't know. It's it's probably still around, right? I think so. I'm pretty sure Fuse is still around. I'm curious. Yeah. So back then, F Fuse had a metal show called Uranium, wow, which man, that sounds familiar. Yeah. So it was like one of their it was one of their more popular shows. So we approached them about doing Uranium the magazine, oh. so we could have like some like because like you know we were Here gonna it put it on newsstands and yeah, but like. Oh, if we brand it with like if we if we reach out and have their like backing to promote it, this thing could be big. It could take off, and, yeah. And um, you know, we did a prototype, which I, yeah, I still got it. Really? Yeah, that we that we printed up with oh, Lamb of God. With Lamb of God, I remember that cover. promo. Wow. Yeah. So, so that was the prototype. That was the prototype for um for the Uranium magazine that they passed on. Wow. And we were just like, oh shit, I guess we gotta do this ourselves. Uh, <laughs> and we did. But yeah. So it's all, you know, again, worked out nicely in the end. Um, but yeah, so that's so when I think of Lamb of God in that record, I also think of like kind of that experience trying to get, get that, that get that going. Well, yeah. I mean, how did you, there you go? That's it. I don't. That's that's a generally unrevealed piece of. Uh, that's sick. Theory. Yeah, I'm sure no one really has seen that besides who works for you. That's about it. Yeah. For the for the magazine. <laughs> <laughs> that's rad. So were you the guy that came? I mean, you came up with the name too. No, our our oh, publisher no? Alex uh, came up with the name. I don't. I'm not good at naming things. Me my neither. Wife named our my wife named our kids. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't want that responsibility. I, I would not name, want it. <laughs> name the magazine. Yeah, no, I'm just like I can do all this stuff, but like, yeah, that's, that's I, real. I always like when bands have come to me or like friends who are starting bands, like, man, we need to come up with a band name. You got any ideas? I'm like, don't fucking ask me. No, I'll, I'll, over, me, man. I I'll tell you if it sucks, it. though. 
<laughs> yeah, I will for sure give you my opinion on that. <laughs> so come yeah. to me when you got the names and I'll tell you what I think about them. <laughs> I, I'm bound to overthink and overcomplicate it. So uh, with yeah. naming things, simplicity is often the best way to go. Definitely. I do agree. <clears throat> um, I had a few questions from people. Uh, how okay. do you, Steph Beachy asked, how do you decide on what band or story to write, a, to write about or feature? Does it just come, uh, come to you like every well, time? You know, the thing is, like, we have we have access to a, a release schedule, kind of knowing what's on the mm. docket. Um, that makes sense. That's good. So we're looking at stuff, like, you know, months in advance. Yeah. Of like, like, oh, like, right now we're kind of looking at what's going to be out in July mm -hmm. for things that we're going to be assigning. So you just kind of start with just a list of things. Okay, then, that makes a lot of sense. That, then it just kind of becomes like what feels appropriate and what doesn't feel appropriate. Yeah. You know, like, is this like, oh, here's like four power metal bands to pick from. And it's like, <laughs> any of these appropriate? And like, well, maybe this one is. They're kind of heavier. Yeah. It's, it's really just like kind of a case by case basis. Some things are like more obvious. Like, oh. you know, when there's a new Iron Maiden album, it's not like we're going to ignore a new Iron Maiden album. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but for the young, but for the kind of like younger bands, younger bands and like smaller bands. Cause like we do feature independent unsigned bands. Yeah. Oh yeah. I, I notice that um, all the time. So like, it really becomes like a combination of like kind of getting to us. And then the staff of writers, like there's probably about 30 different decibel contributors at this point, And they wow. all, they all have different, tastes and they all have different kind of levels of uh they, they specialize in different things and have their mm -hmm. so their expertise is spread out over lots of different subgenres. um so you know i kind of rely on them at times where i'm just like okay you know you're the tiebreaker here uh, <laughs> with whether this should be should happen or not you think this is worth it yeah, um, yeah. so that stuff kind of becomes like uh some more of the nuanced stuff is more of a collaborative effort but there's Every month, there's a lot of things that are obvious to cover, but for the less obvious things, I I'm certainly um, not above uh, asking for help from some some of our trusted contributors. Yeah, is that like the most writers that you've had? Like at yeah, I mean they all don't they all don't don't like a not you know, specific a month or two to... go by, and they might you know you might not assign something to to one of them or yeah a couple of them. Um, and then some people kind of filter in and out over time. Um, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, that's about you know. There's there's a there's the core of, I would say the core is probably closer to about eighteen to twenty. Oh, and okay, then, it's still a good amount. Then, then there's like you know another ten or to a dozen so on on the uh, outskirts of things. Outskirts, still, yeah. And I'm sure some of them like work together on pieces. Sometimes maybe. no, they all no? they all pretty much they all pretty much operate independently. Damn, uh, that's cool. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah I never knew. I never knew how any of this stuff works. Like with my, like how, how it all works together, you know? So yeah, they're all cool. misanthropic. So it's good. They just, you know, yeah. <laughs> not have to talk to each other. Yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, another question we had, how many bands do you have coming to you and your writers on a weekly base basis asking for promos, articles, reviews, flexi discs, etc. <laughs> um if you like overwhelming or i mean it's it's dozens a day wow it's like i 
you know, like I said to you, when we started this, I closed out my email um, mm-hmm. because I knew it would be distracting to watch it. Like yeah, when I open yeah. it up, you think it will gonna... be very ugly. Yeah. It, <laughs> you... it will be a bad scene. Are you um, the one that gets all those emails? Yeah. Yeah. So you're the yeah, one I mean, that kind of like sorts through them in a sense. Yeah. I mean, the, the truth is like uh, bands and publicists will also reach out to other of our contributors that they okay. might know. And that's good because yeah, like some, some of the publicists um, or band managers, like they understand they've kind of got the, or they've figured out that I'm not always able to, to get my ears to everything. So they have a better chance with reaching it. out to a writer of mm-hmm. ours who I end up trusting. And then the writer might come to me and just be like, Hey, these guys reach out. What do you think about a review or a track premiere or a feature on this? And then I'll like pay attention. And I'm like, Oh yeah, go, go, go for it. Yeah. So, you know, that it, it happens. That helps. A lot of it happens that way too. Yeah. That definitely helps. That's for sure. I was, I feel like I've definitely hit you up for some things, but Hey, you want to premiere this? <laughs> yeah. And then, but you're you know, the only one I know. Like I know Brad, you know, Brad Zord Dragger, which yep. he does some stuff for you. He does. Um, I don't know if I, I think there's one other person that's hit me up about. The so, things that I don't want to listen to, I have Brad definitely. <laughs> yeah, he's like the guy. For <laughs> Does this make sense for Decibel Brad? <laughs> like, oh my god, I hate this. You know who would like this? Cool. <laughs> I'm gonna give this to Brad, and he <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he'll know somewhere else to throw this at. <laughs> yeah. Maybe <laughs> that's funny. Um, what was I gonna ask? Uh, oh, there was another one that's good. It's no living witness. Your Twitch name, nice name. Uh, you oh, have some okay. good questions, actually. What makes an unsigned uh, band stand out for your team to cover as far as new bands, reviews, etc.? His band is actually pretty good. His band's called Pantheon. It's a death metal band. They are oh, yeah. releasing a new record, and I would love to know how to cut through the flood of submissions that magazines and reviewers <laughs> get. There's no, yeah. there's no, like, there's no trick other yeah. than, you know, it, it, the, I would say that, like, kind of it depends i guess how much time and work you want to put into kind of understanding the pub the publication mm-hmm. like if you look at our uh, or if, if you're familiar with with reading the magazine and reading the website mm-hmm. and let's just say you are kind of a brutal um old school underground almost like incantation style death metal band yeah like there is there are a couple writers that if you've been following the magazine, you know, will be very sympathetic to that particular subgenre. Oh, okay. So yes. if you can get in touch with those particular writers that are, again, the ones that are like most um, that you think will be most into what you're doing, mm-hmm. that that can help. Because okay. you know, when I get like, that makes sense. Know, when I log back in, there's going to be like, I don't know how many emails with promo links to bands that are just names and album titles in my head that I don't even um, have any kind of association with. So it's like very easy for stuff to just kind of slip um, or me to not get to it. So when you get that, yeah. So, so I would say just kind of know, try to know the contributors and see who might aesthetically fit with your band line up with you yeah line up with you it's like yeah this writer i see him writing about this band this band that are similar to my band so maybe let's reach let me reach out to him Mm -hmm. or her and 
see what they feel because they you might hit them up and they'd be like wow i really like your band like this is sick you know yeah and, and then, then they can bring person, to you yeah and that person who i trust their taste i'm mm-hmm. like oh yeah if you're into it go for it yeah you know? exactly if you're into it you think it's good yeah do it that makes sense that's a good way to do it. that's a good way to i guess cut through <laughs> in a sense but it's like you gotta yeah I feel like a lot of people have to realize that you do get buried with a lot of stuff. Like I can't even imagine. Some people realize it. Yeah. Not everyone. (laughs) Well, a lot of people think like I get hit up by like a lot of bands all the time, but it's like, it's not all the time. Like it's Mm -hmm. sometimes like it's, it's very, it varies all the time. Like one day I'll get hit up by like a few different bands through email or Facebook message. Please don't Facebook message me. Stop. <laughs> it's my least yeah. favorite thing when bands do that. <laughs> I don't I don't email I don't, me. Yeah, I don't like it either. There's some people that I do communicate with. I Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and I will say that I am the one guy who never installed Facebook Messenger on my phone. Oh, that's good. So good yeah, so I did <laughs> I did not install it. So there will be I can go days and days and days and days and days without seeing a single Facebook message. So yeah. and that's how it's always gonna be. Oh. I mean don't get me wrong. I go days and days and days without responding to an email also, yeah. but like it's, um, it's, it's still always a better Instagram. shot. <laughs> you said yeah. Instagram DM it is. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Perfect. There you go. Yeah. It's like, if I'm your friend and it's like, I'll, I'll pay attention to like the Facebook message or the Instagram DM, but I always tell them just email me a short little description and like, just give me a link to your music. Don't yeah. even give me a link to your Facebook. I'm not going to go to it. Probably. I just it's want to hear though. the music. Yeah, there's, it is. There's so many because there's, there's so many good bands out there. Yeah, that we still don't know about. <laughs> and, it's, and then I also understand it's tough for um, artists too because there are so many platforms where you think you can reach somebody. So you you want to make sure you're covering all of them. So I, I get it. Yeah, no, I definitely get it as well. Um, let's see. How did the metal, I don't know about this. I'm not familiar with the column, but, uh, Imperial blackness asked, how did the metal Muthas column started? Am I pronouncing this correct? Metal mothers. Mothers. Yeah. <laughs> spe- metal mother. mothers. That is it is, really spell M U T H A S? Yes, it is. Okay. Yeah. For, um, for you younger <laughs> folks, there is an old, um, compilation called metal for mothers. Metal for mothers. In the 80s thing so that's the the play on that's the reference to that but this column is a um, uh, a monthly feature where we interview a, a musician's mom wow and have them you know we'll find out what their their son or daughter was like as a child and yeah and, uh, and yeah so it's just it's just the moms um I, man the history of that column is there it's it goes it's pretty far back and i can't remember the who started it but the guy after somebody else was involved in it but the guy who kind of like really shaped it and made it his own for years and years was justin norton who still mm-hmm. contributes to us yeah um and he did it for i don't know probably like eight or nine years and then he was just like you know what we should probably turn this over to somebody else and yeah andrew bonazelli who's um who is a, an editor um, and who I've worked with for, uh, my God, like almost 17 years now, like he, he handles it. Um, but there's, yeah, you have to forgive me because it was, I think we talked about it a little bit in issue 200, the genesis of it. And I think that, oh, really? I think, yeah. And, I, and I'm not sure that we even remembered it correctly. 
it's one of those that like it goes so far back and i'd have to like really sit down and flip through dozens and dozens of issues to kind of figure out it's 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 origin origin point but yeah the 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 basic line is it is it's been around i would say probably about a dozen years at least a decade wow and the guy who who kind of maybe did not create it but pushed it along would have been justin norton wow that's cool that's a cool column i gotta i gotta go read it (laughs) i don't know why (laughs) that's a cool idea actually um so how many people actually work for despot like who's who's like the longest running employee that you have or uh geez that would be patty moran who does customer service uh for decibel who's been there since the beginning wow. she's definitely been she's been at red flag media the whole time yeah because but, it's under okay but yeah so she wasn't always she was doing some other work for decibel she wasn't always the customer service and fulfillment person but she has been again she's been doing that for like a decade a decade um, wow and then, uh, so though she's a full-time person, our ad sales guy, James Lewis, um, started at the end of 2014, our okay. art director, um, our art director is uh, Mike Wahlberg, who, you know, designs everything in the magazine, designs all our books, designs all the event logos, um, Jesus. and is the guy who basically directed the 200th issue show. Um, which has like some of the best art and transitions and, and feel of any, any streaming event I've seen so far. It's just like, it looks really fucking cool and it's really fun. Um, so he does all that shit. That's uh, a big job too. And some... then there, there's a, another guy named Aaron Salisbury who started, he was going to be, um, he started right. Oh, like about two months before the pandemic started. And he was going to be the guy who worked on live event stuff with me and handled marketing stuff and did a lot of the beer and brewery stuff for metal and beer fest. So when all that got shut down, he stayed on with the company, but was contributing to another publication under, under the publisher. Um, But he's been involved a bit with a bit with the 200th issue show streaming event and obviously now that we're getting ourselves in a position um to hopefully be able to execute live events again he's going to be like back on i think he's going to be more back on the decibel side of the fence doing doing that stuff um or you know at least have a heavier role in decibel but that's it that's all that's the core that's it yeah yeah that's fucking awesome we're a small company yeah i had a question from someone said on a scale of zero to hero how much do you like your art director i feel like that's <laughs> in the chat and i could be wrong <laughs> because he said christ it is killing me that albert is not reading the comments because he's had some like ones that i'm like uh <laughs> i don't know about this <laughs> uh refresh my memory again who is my art director um yeah no I, i'd say he's <laughs> He's definitely on uh, the the needles much yeah. close to hero. Yeah. <laughs> the, New York, the New York Times needle has him over here with with hero and heroes that way. Yeah. He's good. Before that, he's like all of decibels written by Albert. The different writer names are just Albert wearing a progressively s- sillier hat. <laughs> Imagine so, that. 
And it's all he, a ruse. <laughs> and before that, he said he wanted to put Trivium on the cover again, but they were busy. And then <laughs> he's, he said some funny comments in here, and I feel like it's him, but I could be totally a ruse. He's probably a good guy. I can't see these. So, his name's yeah. the Fat Kid Illis. That's his. That's him. That's him. <laughs> before that, he was like Rob Zombie biography book confirmed. I take back all the nice oh, things. That I oh him. my God. He said, I love you, Albert. <laughs> Thank you for the laughs. <laughs> Dude, man, I can't, I can't wait to go to a decibel tour again and the fest. Um, as far as I want to also ask, like when it comes to the metal and beer fest mm -hmm. uh, and choosing the beers for it, is that all you, or do you have some of your team like helping you out with like kind of picking? Or who to hit well, up, I guess. With the breweries, the breweries um, yeah. it's usually me. Um, and then as, you know, Metal and Beer Fest has grown, we have breweries that reach out to us also. Oh, okay. Uh, I figured, yeah, so, I would think so. We so do right? have, you know, which is cool because there's things that like are like perfect that I might not have known about. Because mm -hmm. um, there's a lot. There are a lot. There are a ton. Um, yeah. And there, I think we're going to have like around 20 this year. Um, wow. There um so so yeah and but in terms of the actual beer selection i don't have any yeah you same. don't say that right I just, you know i let the breweries do their own thing we try to like make sure they each have uh, a couple styles represented occasionally you know they'll mm -hmm. collaborate with us on things like um you know we'll, we'll do a festival beer yeah um, uh, speaking of which uh we just oh, yeah we just collaborated with um, Adroit Theory, which is this incredible brewery in um, down down in Virginia, um, on a beer for the 200th issue live stream. Uh, yes, called, it's called 200. Um, I love it. It just got canned like That's... two days ago and showed up at my house. Very excited. And what yes, brewery did it? Adroit Theory. Adroit Theory. Theory. Yeah, Google them. They are fantastic, and they ship to something around 20 states oh US. okay um so you know you might you might be lucky you might be able to get it in in texas i'm not sure yeah i'm gonna but have to look a, this is a uh, extremely extreme russian imperial stout damn that clocks in at 14 percent abv so damn. this is a sipper this is a sipper that's a um, sipper for sure uh i Jesus, had 14 i had a little bit of one last night they have <laughs> There's like all kinds of crazy notes of like peanut butter and cocoa and coconut and pretzel. Holy shit. What? This might be a dessert beer. Yeah. If such a thing exists. That's like um, a, yeah, like a nice nighttime dessert beer. Yeah. So you can get that. You can get it in time for um, the live stream on April 30th. Um, and you can get a ton of other rad stuff that um, on their, on the Droid Theory site, which ranges from, um you know crushable like ipas to oh, wow like these fucking hammers of of imperial stouts um so yeah there's a lot of variation but everything they do is great that's sick yeah that's awesome and yeah, they're, they're super are, metal they're, they're super, super metal, metal. <laughs> yeah they come they come they pour at metal and beer fest every year really uh, yeah, yeah they're always there. there yep yeah when i went what year was it 2018 mm -hmm went to the la one okay yeah which was fucking awesome but it was it's cool because there's no other fest like obviously every fest has fucking alcohol 
but not, you know, have all these different like beer companies there, you know, breweries companies, my God, breweries there, you know, no one's doing that. Yeah. Is it hard to organize all that shit? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But true. Yeah. I mean, that's a lot. We've, we've done, we did, we've done two in LA and three in Philadelphia so far. And we were obviously on the cusp of doing the fourth in Philly and hopefully um, can execute it in September. So we have, yeah, we kind of, you know, I don't want to say we know what we're doing because that's not true. Um, but we, uh, you're always we, learning something new every year. We're way better at faking it than we were several years ago. So oh, I think, we, um, you know, we can, uh, we can manage it, but yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a bunch of things to coordinate and it definitely takes a couple people to work on it. Um, we are as a, a former decimal employee by the name of Alex Yard, mm-hmm. uh, who worked with me on many of, of those fests. Um, she ended up taking a job at live nation. Um, okay. but, um, you know, she had, she definitely worked really hard on, on kind of the, some of the logistics stuff with the beer because it can get really, it can get really oh, confusing. Yeah. I could imagine. I mean, I used to do like sponsors and, uh, vendors for this fest in Texas called, um, so what music fest. Mm-hmm. And that was just like, you know, I remember one year it was like, probably we probably had like four. 40 something vendors yeah and then i'm there day of you know organizing it all putting everyone in their spots because we did it at a baseball stadium in grand prairie which is a little bit outside of dallas sick spot for a festival probably one of my favorite spots i've been to for like an outdoor fest you know that's awesome yeah they have like a bunch of suites upstairs like 20 of them you know we'd give to like the headlining bands and then we had some for like the staff and stuff but anyway, like, like organizing it all and then like going through the list being like, okay, because you got to kind of like obviously give the good spots to the vendors that, you know, pay more, pay the most, have a bigger yeah. spot because there's different sizes, not many, like two or three different sizes Two, I think only two, actually, it's been a few years, but anyway, doing that. And then obviously you always have the people that are like, man, can we get a better spot? And I'm like, well, it's your first year here. Like you want, you know, you only have the 10 by 10 and yeah, it's so annoying sometimes. Yeah. And <laughs> people, like, people show up with different expectations. Yeah. People show up with problems like, Oh, do you have any, we need a, I need a shirt rack or I need another chair. Oh, yeah. Like all those that. kinds of like annoying yeah. things that you don't want to deal with. And fortunately I, I often don't have to deal with that because it's definitely more the the, venue. the talent, the, the, the talent. stuff with the talent and the venue uh, though. Yeah. And that's its own, you know, that has a whole, as you know, that has a whole a other whole, stuff. The whole, yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> it's fucking insane. <laughs> well, dude, that's fucking awesome. Um, I'm, I'm happy that the magazine is still going because I've been a fan of decibel for a while and I love what you do and I love everything else. I mean, doing the tour, doing the, the metal and beer fest and whatnot, I think is awesome. Thanks, man. Um, you don't see that from any other magazine, really. No, you don't, right? Yeah, Am no, I, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think so. I don't, know, um, I don't think so, right? Yeah, no, I know. Cool. I think we're kind of, we're unique in that. Very in that unique, way. dude. Very unique, and I love it. Um, <clears throat> again, congrats on the two hundredth issue. I can't Thanks. wait to get my copy. Um, and also, I don't even think we met that year, did we? 
that when I went to Metal and Beer Fest 2018? I don't think we did, did we? No, because I think we traded emails afterwards where you mentioned you were there, and I was like, what the fuck? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I'm a dumbass for doing it. Well, anyway, I'm going to try to come <laughs> out to the Philly one because I, w- I definitely want to come out. Um, come out. I'll, I'll see I what you look like. with You can see what each other looks like with masks. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Well, thank you so much for doing this today. Um, and uh, yeah, good luck with everything in the future. And I'm sure I'll meet you this year. Yeah, man. Thank you again. And yeah. thank you for taking my Twitch virginity today. Yeah, I did it. I did big it. Day. <laughs> big day. All right. We're going to go. Uh, I'll let you go. We're going to go raid somebody as in we're going to bring everybody from uh, this stream into somebody else's stream. Um, You're going to cross the streams. I'm going to cross streams, dude. <laughs> I don't want to be around for that. So I'm I know. definitely going. Yeah. Go, go, right, go reply to those hundred emails. <laughs> I'm on it. All right. I'll talk All right, to you later. You again, dude. Take, bye. Bye.